Today on Lockdown Red Wings, we welcome back Andrew Rinaldi of Field Pass Hockey Griffins, and he's going to help us preview the Grand Rapids Griffins season. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for WWJ News Radio, while Scotty is the host of Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today we are happy to welcome back Andrew Rinaldi. He is a uh, beat reporter for Field Pass Hockey, covering the Grand Rapids Griffins, and apparently the Chicago Wolves, which I'm going to ask you about later because that seems blasphemous. But it's been a while since we've had you on. Because I think it was around, had it been a little bit after the new year, because it was near the end of the season, we had you come on and talk about the Griffin season up until that point. But no better time to bring you back on to preview the Griffin season. How are you doing, Andrew? I'm doing great. I, you know, this is my element. Hockey season's right here. The Griffins start on Friday, and I, I couldn't be more juiced for this. You know, I, um, had a fun off season. I kind of got lost in the mountains for two weeks out in Wyoming, and Heck you know, you come like back lost, lost, or well, no, just kind of like disconnect, get off the grid, and you know, don't have my phone buzzing from a thousand emails from the office. So, you know, it's you kind of appreciate the the smaller things in life after one of those. And now, you know, I come back for, to civilization, and you know, I'm I'm ready for some hockey. Heck yeah. That's like yeah. the best answer I think I've ever heard to how are you doing? Like got lost <laughs> in the mountains in Wyoming and I'm back and ready to like talk about some fuck, baby. Like that might be the best answer I've ever heard. Usually when I guess and people ask me that, I am like, I have no clue what to say because how am I doing? I, do, I live the same day over and over every single day. It's called having a nine to five job. So <laughs> to have somebody come on and be like, yeah, I actually had fun with my life. You know, that's, that's something interesting. <laughs> Try to live the dream every day, man. Yeah, there you Heck go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we brought you back today, obviously, to preview the Grand Rapids Griffins uh, season. Scotty and I obviously have been covering the Red Wings and their roster cuts, who they've been sending back down to Grand Rapids all season long. The Red Wings made several acquisitions in free agency for depth pieces like Austin Zarnak, uh, Matt Luff, guys who got sent down to Grand Rapids, as well as obviously the big names like Simon Edvinson and Sebastian Kosa are going to be making their uh, professional debuts in North America down there in Grand Rapids this season. So all of a sudden, this Grand Rapids Griffins season, Grand Rapids Griffins team that looked like, or that did not make the playoffs last year, looks really exciting. But I want to get your perspective, Andrew. Like, I guess this first question is, how excited are you for this Grand Rapids Griffins this season? Yeah, well, you kind of touched on it. I mean, just with uh, between Edvinson and Kosa, like having those big names that were, you know, top picks off the draft board, immediately there's there's a different feel to this team and you know having that kind of kind of star power to watch out for it's it it it, again it's i kind of already said it's going to feel different but it's i can't emphasize enough how you know last year you it was it was all the whole you know all eyes were on Jonathan Berggren and then you know you had your pieces here and there like Donovan Sabrango and Jared McIsaac but between the the health and the lack of depth for the team, after they kind of got into a lull in the second half of the season, it was really kind of hard for for fans to get up and 
and they kind of, I don't want to say they tanked, but it was, it was a real struggle to get momentum going. And I mean, you saw they, they ended up missing the playoffs there at the end. So I think that um, between uh, Sean Horkoff, the GM for Grand Rapids, and obviously um, Stevie up there in Detroit, they've kind of come together and realized that, you know, the best thing for your prospects is to get them to play meaningful games in April and hopefully in the June to, um, you know, from May into June. So they're bringing in, you know, veterans like Zarnik and Loft that have been around the block and know what they're doing. Steven Kampfer is another guy in the blue line. Um, you know, Horkoff made an emphasis to get uh, to bring back some vets like Dominic Shine, Brian Lashoff, who's been in this organization for a million yes. years. And he's going to be, he's going to be huge for, uh, you know, Albert Johansson and Simon Edvinson, these guys who are kind of getting their feet wet in the North American game. What better than the guy, you know, who's basically been Mr. Griffin his whole career to kind of show him the ropes and really get him in the pro hockey. So there's certainly a different kind of buzz coming in with this team, more depth, more, um, I guess I would say definitely more talent. It's certainly more raw talent. I mean, I don't know if I'd expect Edvinson to come in and and you know try and 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 be the defenseman of the year right off the bat. I do think that you know expectations might have to be tempered a little bit. You know, I mean, you're gonna have uh, what's Cross Hannes is making his yeah. his pro debut and everything. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's talent. Is there? There's a lot of talent, but again, it's very. It's very raw, and I think it's gonna it's gonna take some time to for these guys to get adjusted, get into the program, and they're really gonna lean on on the vets like Hiroshi and Chris Golo to kind of show them the ropes and show them how to get it done in in, in a day in and day out basis. But the potential is there for this team, I think, to really make some noise. I think this division's wide open. Chicago's not nearly the juggernaut it was last year. They're not going to beat you in nine out of ten games. I think if all if the pieces come together, this could be this this is going to be a fun year, Griffin's hockey. I swear that when we had you on last year, you said on this show you were like, "Yeah, next year, like we're going to have a lot more talent over here," and like. That was kind of like writing on the wall because of the amount of talent we had in Europe and everything. And and a lot of those dudes were going to come over. And like we're seeing that obviously. But even besides the European dudes, like you mentioned some of those names, like this is something that that uh, I, I'm like 90% sure we talked about that last time. You know, I can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning, but like I, I think we talked about that. And so it's really cool to see that just come to fruition, I'm sure. Um, can we just like get right into Edvinson, Brian? Is there anything else you go can for we just it? Get right I mean, into Edvinson? he's the yeah. biggest name. Yeah. So let's just like start off hot and just go with the the biggest name on the team. Obviously, will be the, the biggest name on the team. What are you talked about? Maybe tampering expectations a little early. What's I, I mean, very exciting, obviously, to to be able to have that in the lineup every night. What are the expectations? Maybe performance wise, playing time wise, right off rip. I think is a big question for a lot of people. What can we expect? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, uh, Coach Simon's definitely going to kind of ease him into his role, but I don't doubt that Evanson would have the talent to maybe make the Red Wings, but do you really want him playing 10 minutes a night or do you want him playing power play, penalty kill, playing exactly. top line minutes night in and night out down here in Grand Rapids, especially – 
you know, coming over from Europe, learning that, that pro game on that smaller ice. I mean, you know, when you got the size of a Simon Edvinson, I don't think he's really concerned about, you know, crashing into the boards with some of these bigger forwards, but it's, it's, it's an adjustment and it's going to take time to, to get used to it. And I, I think early on, they're going to lean more on, you know, a guy like Stephen Kampfer or, you know, Donovan Sobrango coming off his excellent world juniors and kind of give him more of the responsibility, but you're going to definitely, you can't keep a guy like Ed Vincent down in the lineup for too long. I mean, he's just too good, got too much potential. And once he gets, once the wheels start getting rolling, I mean, this is going to be, he's going to be your number one guy. I mean, it's the writings on the wall. You don't, draft a guy with that kind of pedigree and not expect him to be your top guy going in deep into the season. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's hard, you know, it's hard to kind of rewind the tape, but I mean, Mort Sider had to spend, you know, time down here in Grand Rapids before he came up and he was the absolute stud that he was. Um, and Edvinson is, is going to be going through the same motions, going to be going through the same, you know, he's going to be asked to do the same duties that, that Mo had down here. And, you know, I, I don't even think Simon's going to be the first call-up. I think they'd rather go to a guy like Sobrango first and keep Simon down here and keep feeding him those minutes and feeding him and getting him ready for this tough pro game that's going to be expected of him in, in the National League. So it's going to be a, a strong, healthy dose of a lot of Simon Edmondson, and it's going to be a pain for the other teams here in the Central Division because, I mean – We've seen his smooth skating. We've seen his gap control. I mean, he's just an absolute monster there on the blue line. And one that Grand Rapids sorely needed last year. I mean, they just a lot of leaks on that on that defense. And he's he's gonna be the guy that's gonna be anchoring them, cleaning them up. So definitely, I mean, obviously the 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 number one name to look out for. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing to look out for with him is, or the biggest thing for him to work on rather is just adjusting to the size of the ice. I think that's really main. If you watched him play in the preseason, I think he just was struggling understanding like how much time he had, like his decision-making wasn't there because there was so much less space to work with on the ice. So I think once he adjusts that, he'll be okay because he was dominant over in the SHL. That's why he was nominated for rookie of the year, but we got to move on. I got to get to an ad break. I do want to, when we come back, I'm going to ask you about a bunch of other players that are, are making their debut at the Griffins this season, namely the 15th overall pick in that same draft, Sebastian Kosa. Uh, but first, I got to talk to you guys today about Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply, Fa- at Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. They protect you with cutting-edge security technology powered by 24-7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. Here's why you're going to love it. With 24-7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the, the moment a threat is dedica- detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency. Even if you're not home or you can't be reached, Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and outside, smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash lockdownNHL. Save 20% off 
on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Uh, we're talking to Andrew Rinaldi of Field Pass Hockey. He is uh, the beat writer for the Griffins for Field Pass Hockey. And I wanted to move on, talk, get away from talking about Simon Edmondson because, I mean, we could talk the whole episode about Simon Edmondson, but there's so many players to talk about. And I teased it at the end of the first segment, but Sebastian Kosa is making the jump from juniors to professional hockey. He played pretty well last year with the Edmonton Oil Kings. His Edmonton Oil Kings ended up winning the WHL championship. What can we expect from Sebastian Kosa? Or I guess, what, what are you expecting from Sebastian Kosa in his first season as a professional hockey player? Yeah, well, the thing right now is, I mean, I, I, I don't know if anyone understands kind of quite how, how young Kosa is. He hasn't even turned 20 until the end of November. So it's he's got, you know, the size, the athleticism, the talent to, to obviously be a stud franchise goalie as he was drafted to do so. But, you know, I don't think people – a lot of people who aren't quite as in touch with the AHL don't realize just how good the league is. And, you know, no matter how much of a raw talent Costa has, I mean, he's got two good goalies in front of him for one. And, you know, he's not really, I don't think he's, he's not really just going to jump in and just grab that starters crease, you know, within his first week of playing or anything. I mean, in front of him, you have, you know, UC Okinawa that they brought in, Olympic gold winning goaltender with nine years of pro experience over in Europe and some in the AHL as well in his earlier years. So a guy who's been around the block and is really probably going to anchor down that starting goaltending position. And then you have Victor Bratstrom as well, who, you know, had a, had a shaky start to the year last year, but that second half of the season when Pickard was called up, he was, he was the guy. And he looked good in preseason too. He, yeah. I think he's re, he's really turned the corner when he's got his confidence going. He he's a solid, a solid option there in that. So, you know, Kosa is, he's kind of in the same position as Edvinson. He's, he's just coming in and learning what it takes to be uh, successful in professional hockey at this level. You know, I mean, you can go anyone. Uh, there's a, so many cases on and on about guys who dominate in juniors and, and it's tough to take that next step. Yeah. And I think it's good that Kosa is not going to be kind of expected to be the savior of this team to jump right in and kind of be fed to the wolves. He's got two guys in front of him who are going to push him to be better. They're going to teach him how, you know, to handle himself as a pro on and off the ice. And, you know, just being in that environment, being in the practices, being around the teams, it's going to make you a better player. It's going to challenge you to be a better player. And it's, it's, I think it's going to serve him, his development better than it would just, you know, going back and dominating at juniors again, you know? So I, I, I wouldn't even expect him maybe to, to kind of grab some starts, you know, through the year, through the year, but he's, he's, he's not going to be the guy who's going to kind of lead this team through a playoff run and, and and be that that stud that's gonna you know steal a series or two here i still think he's got some time to to work on some of the finer points of his game um but a lot of i mean obviously you know all the promise in the world i mean you can't just deny what an absolute monster he is in that and 
he's going to have his opportunities, but between adjusting to the program and the two guys ahead of him, I think it's still a little too early to call, you know, the, the next monster and that as just, it's still just a little, little too early, you know, he could be but, there for, I mean, he will be there for years, presumably. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like th- that's the thing, like this isn't uh, a lot of times with, with forward, really just a- any non-goalie really that are like top prospects we see, you know, like, Oh, if they spend one, year in the AHL like maybe two if you know like highly regarded prospects like that people think just fly through like Kosa could be there for like legitimately five years and it wouldn't be like a blasphemous thing you know what I mean like that's that's just I mean, the crazy part about him already being in the A to me take the Red Wings tandem for example people still consider Nadalkovic and Huso a young tandem even though they're 26 and 27 just because right. goalies tend to take longer to develop and so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so Kosa, and that's the thing too, is when you watched the preseason, like you could see the ceiling for Kosa and Edmondson, like you could see why they were drafted, but you also saw a lot of what they needed to work on. So like, it's really exciting having them want, take that jump to professional hockey, or at least Kosa take, making that jump to professional hockey as Edmonton already was over in Europe. It, but it, it's just more about the development that I'm excited about than mm-hmm. I'm not expecting him and nor should anyone really expect him to go over there and just immediately dominate because we saw him struggle at times in the preseason, especially with the thing with him. I, I noticed a lot was uh, positioning getting caught mm-hmm. a little bit, but it's just that they, they drafted him for size and athleticism and he definitely showed that off in preseason. Yeah. You can't coach the kind of size that Koso brings you. Yeah. So it's positioning cool. is as long as he can work on that, then, you know, there's the, the sky's the limit for this young kid. Cross Hannes is someone that I really wanted to talk about. Like mm-hmm. he, he's a guy that had a, had a phenomenal preseason really turned heads. I mean, prospect tournament, like really turned heads, red and white game. Like he's somebody that, and you, you kind of alluded to him at the beginning of the show too. Like that's, that's a dude that I think a, a lot of people, maybe got familiar with is is not the right phrase but that a lot of people around like fans of the Red Wings organization were like oh like this dude really kind of balled out here in in the preseason so talk about him like going to Grand Rapids and everything and what I don't like his role just expectations for him too yeah for sure I mean he was a guy you know I mean you get all these these first round guys that you know you hear all about you read all about and then it's some of these other players that kind of, I wouldn't even say he fell through the cracks, but they just don't really get the media attention until they really show up and you, they, they force you to realize that like, Oh, this guy, he's a real player. And I think Hannes is one of those. And I mean, same situation. You got a 20 year old guy who has all the talent, but has to kind of dip his toes into the, into the pro game and kind of get comfortable. And this is where, um, again, kind of Iserman and Horkoff have worked to to bring in a lot of vets in back in the Grand Rapids because, I mean, you can have all the promising young prospects, but if they don't have anyone to show them the ropes in the locker room, don't have the leaders to kind of that have been around the block to show you exactly what, you know, is expected of you at this level, it's, you know, it's, it's it can be tough for a lot of these young kids. And so... You know, you have guys like Dominic Shine, Tyler Spezia, who are signed to AHL deals, who, again, have been around the block for years and years and have gained the trust of the coaching staff and the, and the front office to show these guys exactly how it's done. And, you know, Hannes might, he, you know, he might start off kind of having to earn his playing time, but 
You know, I mean, he could easily be like uh, like a Jonathan Bergeron who, you know, started off maybe on the third line or so at the beginning of last year. And by season's end, I won't say he's the leading scorer because Bergeron's back, and that's yeah. going to be huge for this team. And um, but he's so close, guy, so yeah. Close. I uh, you know, I I, I was kind of getting greedy. I wanted Soderblom down here too, but I guess he was just too good in the preseason. <laughs> well, well, we'll yeah. talk about that at the end if you want to. Yeah, you, you <laughs> might still be seeing a lot of him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I'm getting excited. Um, but yeah, he's, he's going to be one of those guys. I think that, um, you know, it's, it's going to take time to kind of understand his role, understand, I mean, work some chemistry around with the, in the locker room, see who plays well with them, see who he plays well with. And again, the talent is there. There's no doubting that it's just a matter of kind of, you know, staying healthy on this team and having all the pieces come together. And I, He's again, you know, another guy who's who's going to be learning the ropes before he gets to become a, a every night contributor for this team. Man, there are just so many players that I want to talk about, but just so little time because there are other things that we want to talk about as well in this episode. Um, one of which is Elmer Soderblom. We're going to ask you about, but I also want to ask you about how you think the Griffins will stack up in the division in this upcoming season. Um, but and we'll get to those things after we come back. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Uh, we are joined by Andrew Rinaldi of Field Pass Hockey. He's a writer for Field Pass Hockey covering the Griffins and the Chicago Wolves. Um, you know what? Let me get this out of the way. I got to ask, how do you cover two teams that are division rivals? I got to know that first. It's uh, it's it, it's tough when, um, you know, when they're playing each other. And uh, I mean, it's easy because I have both my eyes focused. It's really tough when they're playing at the same time. And Chicago is playing Milwaukee while Grand Rapids is playing Iowa. I have to have two streams going, basically. I have one where the screen's up on my laptop, the other one where the audio is playing, so I can at least try to try and keep track of both of them at the same time. It's um it can be exhausting at times, but I'm I'm a guy who really can't get enough hockey, so I don't mind it at all. When when they're playing each other, it's all about kind of um you know, as, as, as a wings guy growing up in Michigan, my whole life, you got to really kind of take the bias out of it and just kind of appreciate it for what it was. Now, last year was really kind of the wolves just kind of taking the Griffins to town and, and taking their lunch money on the playground all season long. So it was just kind of, it was a little tough, but um, you know, I mean, they were a fun, Chicago was an absolute juggernaut last year. They were a fun team to watch. And I'm a guy who just loves watching good hockey. And if they if I can be provided to that, then you know the bias doesn't really matter in my book. Gotcha. That's, so I'm that's hearing you fair. like the Griffins more is what I'm hearing. And in my heart, yeah, of course I'm going to be pulled. Okay, I, I, that's I, all I, I need. Can't. That's all I need. <laughs> he, he's got. He, he doesn't want you sitting on that fence. He got his answer that he wanted. He, he's got a narrative to push. <laughs> that's all I need, baby. <laughs> um. So, yeah, let's talk a second about Elmer Soderblom because, obviously, he made the Detroit Red Wings roster. They're carrying 14 forwards, uh, seven defensemen, two goalies. Um, there is speculation, however, that Elmer Soderblom may not be on the roster long, and it could be because of Oscar Sundquist's injury may possibly be keeping him out that first game, first couple games. And once he's healthy, it could just come down to Elmer Soderblom doesn't have to go through waivers to get sent down. Now, 
it's also very possible that they go with the best player available. And if they think Elmer Soderblom is better than Adam Ernie or Soonquist or whatever winger you want to throw in there, they could just wave him because the wings are going, trying to go for a most competitive. But there is definitely a situation where because Joe Valeno and um, Elmer Soderblom don't have to go through waivers that you see Elmer Soderblom. And I wouldn't be surprised if at some point you do. I don't want to see him down there. I want to put they that out there for today. the people listening. They literally made a comment to, to like on Tuesday. They literally said like, yeah, I mean, uh, by like before opening night, even like one of those guys might get sent down. Like before they even yeah. play a game, like it's possible that one of those, those two guys get sent down and like nothing's a guarantee and it's very fluid, but yeah, though, you know, the, the Valenos and Soderbloms of the world are definitely, you know, the, the first people that, uh, the first players that people look at for when, I mean, how does that shake up? Happen. How does that shake up your lineup, though? I mean, you already have a stacked offensive lineup with Hiroshi, Chris Kulo, Berggren, and Andreasen. And we didn't even talk about Andreasen because I'm really interested to see how his season <laughs> shakes out. Andreasen, Zarnik, and Luff all the way down. I mean, where would you slot Soderblom right away? I mean, sixth round pick coming over to North America? Put him right in front of the net. That's exactly where you slot him. <laughs> <laughs> He's got soft hands in front of the net. He's proven mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And, um, you know, in the cap world, it's, it's, it's those waiver exemptions that really like a guy who might not, you know, necessarily need to be down in the AHL, but he's got flexibility in waivers. And for a lot of these young players, it's better to serve them, you know, playing 15, 16 minutes a night on first line in say Milwaukee, than it would be playing eight minutes on the fourth line in Nashville. Um, I'm looking at you, Phil Tomasino. There's absolutely no reason that kid should be in Milwaukee, but they 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 just have an embarrassment of uh, riches there in that for the Admirals. Um, and I think you're going to see a lot. I, mean, I think um, you know Soderblom, the kid. Uh, you know what more can be said about him that hasn't really already been said. Um, and when it, with the when Sunfist does come back, it might just be you know we really like what you got going on. But we You'll don't want you playing seven minutes, you know, on the fourth line. So we'll get you down the Grand Rapids. Um, he might need to, you know, I think his his footwork. I'm not in love with his footwork, and that might be something he's got to kind of work on down there in Grand Rapids. Um, Big but, guys often struggle with that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, when you're a, an absolute giraffe out there, it's <laughs> tough, you know. But. Um, he, uh, at that point, you know, it all just comes down to, you know, cap compliance and what's, what's easiest, you know, would you rather have Elmer down there developing his game or would you rather, you know, Arizona swipes Adam Ernie from under your nose and now you have one less guy to play down there in your bottom six. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's really good. It comes down to, I mean, they're going to do whatever gives him the most, uh, the best opportunity to develop and get consistent minutes, but also they're now in a position where they want to give themselves the best chance to win. So you kind of mm-hmm. got to weigh those two options. So I don't know while Soderbaum made the initial roster and I, I'm hyped about that. I'm so excited that he did. Cause I mean, it says a lot about what they think of Soderbaum. It's tough to like, look at it and be like, yeah, he's staying for the whole season when you understand the situation. And especially as more guys come back from injury. I mean, when Robbie Fabry's healthy, probably around like January, maybe late December, then, then what are you going to do? Because right. now you have another winger or he can play center, but he's mostly a winger at this point in his career that you're going to have to push is going to push everyone else down the depth chart. He's going to probably play in your bottom six, but I mean, 
then what do you really do with Adam Ernie and Sunquist? I mean, Sunquist, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's a great problem to have. And Scotty and I have talked about it. The Red Wings have a great problem this year in which they have a lot of roster competition, which is something they haven't had in recent years. But now we're starting to talk about the Red Wings. So let's pivot back to Griffins. Um, my last question for you that I have is how do you think the Griffins with this influx of, and as you put it, raw talent is down in their system? How do you believe they stack up against the other members of the, uh, what, what is it, central division that they play in? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, Nashville loaded up in Milwaukee. They they were able to lose Connor Ingram, the waivers, and they're kind of just like, nah, because they have two stud goalies there already. They have a loaded lineup. When you're able to send Phil Tomasino down because of what you got up there in Nashville, I mean, that's just an embarrassment. I think I think Milwaukee is going to be the top dog. I don't think Chicago is going anywhere. Carolina's organizational depth is just absolutely absurd. I think they have the, possibly the best goalie that's down there in the AHL and Pyotr Kochekov. And but I, I think the rest of it is wide open. I mean. I'm not totally sold on Rockford. Iowa's, I mean, they had Marco Rossi's up there in Minnesota now, and they there's not a whole lot of of confidence, I think, in the wild. Uh, you got Texas, who they, I mean, they're they're hot and they're cold. I think if you know if Grand Rapids, they get the um, if they get these kids rolling, they get them playing the right way, they get them playing responsible, and I mean, with the influx of vets they got and. Every position. I mean, you mentioned Andreasen, who's had his time over in, in Europe. You got Stephen Camp for locking down. I've mentioned him a couple times. You got Olkin Yora, who's a guy who's no stranger to big games. It's it, I think I think it's a it's a way different Griffins team. I think they're gonna be confident. I think they're gonna be flying high. I, I I think they got a chance to make some noise here in the central. I definitely, I mean, with the expanded format of playoffs that they're going back to in the American league, there's definitely going to be some playoff games in Van Andel arena. Yeah. So with that gut check though, where do you see Griffin's finishing in the division and do they make the playoffs? Let the fan overtake your opinion. (laughs) (laughs) I, I will say that you give this, this squad a full year, I think you're going to see some big steps from Edvinson, Johansson. I mean, just being able to move the puck on the blue line is something that they didn't have last year. They can, if they can stay healthy, I think they got a chance at third in the division. I think Chicago and Milwaukee are still above them, but I still think that they're hosting playoff games in Van Andel. I just, I, you're going to, you're giving me the task of going up against, you know, Yaroslav Askarov or Pyotr Kochekov in a playoff series. I can't, Askarov, I can't, man. I can't go, I can't go against them right now. I got, I mean, if you're asking I me in when we were doing like our, our draft profiles and, and uh, a couple of years ago with Askarov, man, that dude is a monster. Yeah. He is unbelievable. Yeah. And Kochekov is one of the biggest gamers I've ever yeah. seen in that. I mean, your first playoff game and you're going after Brad Marchand, like that's uh insane. Yeah. <laughs> it's just different between the ears, man. Yeah. Scotty, any final questions, man? Yes, I do. Giovanni Smith, give ah, me a rundown <laughs> on uh expectations, how much playing time. I just want a quick hitter about Giovanni Smith. I think uh, Giovanni's going to be good in keeping, you know, some of these uh, – I'm, I'm looking in Iowa's direction, but some of these big American League goons from coming after some of the younger guys 
and um you know maybe maybe not the the biggest point producers i mean you got hiroshi and bergen and andreason and all that so he's gonna play his role and he's gonna do it well and he's gonna be a menace and i'm all for it do you think when it comes to like line construction that he'll be a guy that they keep like in the top six and are like, Hey, we want to give you minutes because maybe we'll have you like back up here at some point. Or do you think it's like at this point you're looking around going, that's pretty much his role. And he's wherever he goes, he's going to be in the bottom six just as an enforcer. Yeah. I, I, it, it depends on your opponent. If you know you're going up against a rough and tumble team, get that guy out there as much as you can. Sure. I've seen him play up in the top six in Grand Rapids before, and he's he's performed well. Again, he played I mean, a lot under- last year. I feel like, yeah, yeah, they had him out yeah. there for a while last year, yeah. For, for sure. And, you know, he's he was out there with his brother Jamel and everything, yeah. and that was pretty cool to see. But, um, yeah, he's back in Tampa's organization. But um, – it's it's just it's different it's a different lineup a different phase if if coach simon i mean he's gonna love having giovanni in there and if if the if the game dictates it if you know you got to kind of play it at a shift by shift basis but if they're running around throwing throwing their weight around you got to get giovanni out there and and kind of you know get a spark plug going for some of the boys if they're not feeling it i think i i think he's he's going to be used all up and down the lineup. He could be in the bottom six. He could be in the top six. Probably not going to see him out there with Johnny Bergeron, but, you know, stranger things have happened. So we'll see. All right. Uh, Well, Andrew, I want to thank you so much for coming on today and talking to us about the Grand Rapids Griffins and what to expect. Uh, Nice having you back. We're definitely going to reach out to you anytime we want to talk about the Grand Rapids Griffins. But before we let you go, why don't you tell the people where they can find you on Twitter, your multiple traitorous uh, Twitter accounts, as uh, well as (laughs) you know, what you're working on right now. For sure. Um, you can find me at FPH Griffins, or if you're uh, kind of interested in some championship hockey, you can find some of my stuff <laughs> at FPH Wolves. Yeah, that was a bit of a shot. Um, <laughs> just a little. <laughs> that was crazy. That was a you, crazy moment. We just <laughs> you can find my work at uh, fieldpasshockey.com. Currently, um, Wednesday afternoon, you're going to be seeing some drops for season previews from me for both the Chicago Wolves and Grand Rapids Griffins. Uh, I'm going to take a bit of a look before Friday night about the uh, the importance of those veteran signings for the Griffins as we uh, kind of head into a bit of a youth movement here that we've been talking about. So we got a couple articles for y'all coming through and um, all season, I'm just going to be between the two beats. There's going to be a lot of content coming in, a lot of exciting hockey, and I hope to cover every minute of it. All right. Well, like I said, you're thank the, you you're again. The on Red Wings certified Griffins guy. So <laughs> right. yeah, Griffins guy. <laughs> I appreciate it. Again, I love being on here, guys. Uh, thanks again for having me. Yeah, of always. course, man. It's always a good conversation. Scotty and I will be back with you guys on Thursday, as this is the episode for Wednesday. I get the days all mixed up in my head. On Thursday. You can just say tomorrow, man. Tomorrow, yeah. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow, guys. I don't know what day tomorrow is, but it'll be tomorrow. <laughs> same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.